Philippians 2.10 testifies that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. It doesn't matter who you are or what you believe, black, white, gay, straight, male, female, vaccinated or not, there is one ultimate truth that we will all be held accountable to, and this one truth is laid out for us in Scripture. Matthew 4.4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There is no area of life that God has not addressed in His living word, and law enforcement is no exception. It doesn't matter if you're a cop, crop duster, or cobbler, policeman, plumber, or politician, you are under the direct authority of Christ, the King of Kings. And if you have, as Christ commanded in Luke 9.23, taken up your cross and followed Him, then you're right beside me as a deputy of Christ. Alrighty, hello everybody and welcome back to Deputies of Christ, episode 16. Uh, it's been a good busy week, it's come to an end, but I was able to carve out some time this Friday morning to record an episode before I jump into the Sheriff's Department on Monday. So, um, yeah, so I've had a week off, I finished my um, last job a week ago today, and then I took intentionally took a week off before I started the Sheriff's Department to get everything in line and get ready. Um, would recommend doing that, it was good i mean get, getting into law enforcement is not easy it's not cheap and just having this week to get everything lined up would have been impossible if i would have been working i'm um, glad i took the time off it's been a good week gotten a lot done i'm ready to get into it monday it's going to be a good time so i've got a week monday at the department for orientation and stuff and then a week from this upcoming monday i actually start academy so i have a week just at the department going through orientation and whatever else they want me to do before i actually start training um that being said, this Monday I do have the I have to do the Cooper physical test again, um, which is the same thing I did a couple months ago at the testing day to get into academy. If I can't pass it, then I'm out and I go home. But passing it shouldn't be a problem, so we're all good there. Alrighty. So what have I been doing for academy? Um, reading paperwork. I've got plenty of paperwork from the department and plenty of paperwork from academy. Lots of handbooks and all that good stuff. Um, and reading through that. Also buying gear. Law enforcement is not cheap. It is a very expensive industry to get into. I've spent a lot of money on buying my gear. Um, what do I know about Academy so far? I know that it's 20 weeks, which is a little different. I used to think it was 22 weeks, but the emails I've been getting have been saying 20 weeks, so I guess they shortened it a little bit. The best way I've heard it described is college with excessive PE. Obviously, I still don't know a lot of details, but after reading the handbook I've given, I have a rough idea. Um, the training skills, they'll be teaching you they'll be taking you all kinds of your legal stuff your defensive tactics firearms driving and then just in general you know discipline it's kind of like a boot camp um stuff like you know you always you always walk on the right side of the hallway um you don't talk in the hallway and then all kinds of stuff about being respectful to staff and other officers which honestly i'm really looking forward to my i did a little bit of time at community college and the thing i hated about it the most was all the other students who were either there because they had to be or taking the class because it was easy and free credits or were just goofing off and didn't care they weren't respectful of you or the instructor and that really bugged me and i know i'm not going to have that in the academy because that's not allowed so i'm looking forward to actually just being able to be serious and work with my fellow cadets and just work to understand the material and be respectful to people which is going to be great so that will be awesome i'm looking forward to that as far as what PE I'm going to be held to, I really don't know much beyond the Cooper test, which I've already gone into. I did learn, I guess, the first week of Academy, you'll have to do a whole different thing. Um, 
that's more of akin to actual law enforcement. Like you have to push a two-ton vehicle off the road. You've got to move in a mobile child and a mobile adult. You've got to climb a fence. You've got to vault a ditch. You've got to sprint 300 meters, you know, kind of stuff you'll actually have to do in law enforcement. Um, and then I guess as you go on, it'll get more and more specific, but that'll be interesting. I can tell you right now, the one thing I'm going to hate is running because I hate running. It's the worst, but I'm going to get to do a lot of it and that'll be fun. So good times, good times. I think in the particular academy I'm with, which is with, I believe, I think five different departments or no, four different departments. Uh, I think there's like 26 other students. So it'll be, a, it'll be a small class and there's only, I'm trying to think, I think there's only seven or eight for actual the department I'm getting into the rest are for the other place. So it's a good small department. We'll all be able to know each other by the end of it and uh, it'll be a good time. Uh, I can't wait to start. It'll be fun. Okay. So that's about all for hiring stuff since I'm already hired. Um, academy preparations. Now let's get into the topic of the day. Today, I want to talk about different sheriff's departments in the U.S., um, and I mostly mean the differences between sheriff's departments in the U.S. There's a lot, when you say sheriff's department, there's not one generic use. There are a lot of different sheriff's departments. There's a couple of places that don't have sheriff's departments, and there's different levels of what sheriff's departments can do, so I kind of want to get into all that. Um, there's a lot more differences than I realized, and in the research that I did, I know I missed a whole bunch of stuff. I was just trying to grab some of the larger differences so you could see exactly what it looks like. Okay, so sheriff will typically fall into three broad categories or sheriff department. They'll either be restricted, which means they only deal with court duties, uh, public auctions, property foreclosure, uh, sometimes uh, court orders like um, eviction notices and stuff like that. Everything they do is centered around the courts. They're not real uh, genuine law enforcement officers. Uh, then you'll have limited service, which is the same thing as restricted service, but they also have basic patrol and investigation. And then you have full service, which is anything that any other law enforcement agency can do pretty much. Also note the distinction between sheriff's departments and other law enforcement agencies. You know, police department, state trooper, whatever it be, they all have slightly different roles. But sheriff's department is really the only one that has to do with the courts. Um, in a lot of places like where I am, if you have a court order or a writ or something that comes from the court, it has to be delivered by a deputy sheriff. It can't, cannot be delivered by the city police or state troopers or anything. The, the sheriff has to be the one doing that. And it's going to be the same thing for something the police do and some things the state police do. They all have specific roles and they overlap a lot, but they always have this small little bit that is reserved for just them. Um, like, I guess another example would be in my state, the state troopers are really the ones responsible for pretty much all high-speed chases. I know that the sheriff's department that I'm getting into specifically tries to stay away from high-speed chases. I think that that's not kind of changing. Um, there's a lot changing in the department right now. And the, the reason just for that is the amount of training and liability that it takes. We'll, we'll get into speed chases if we need to, but we try and stay out of them if we can. Typically, if especially if we're in the city and the police department takes them over, we'll let the police department do it. And as soon as we get out onto the highway, we'll turn it over to the state troopers because they have a lot of the fun training and a lot of the tools to um, partake in that a little more efficiently and safely than we would. So that's just one of those areas that state troopers are a little more specifically trained to, so we leave that one area to them. And then police has some other stuff like that. So just every different branch has things that are unique to them. For federal and state courts, uh, the marshals do the court-related things. So it's just going to be your local courts that are done by sheriffs. And then your, you have your uh, federal courts, and then you have your Supreme Court, which just has a whole other uh, marshal service. So that was, that's kind of that's the quote-unquote federal equivalent of the sheriff, though it's really not. But that's role-wise in the court, that's what you'd say. 
Alrighty, so let's go through with states. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I do want to point out some of the differences. But first, let's start with, I guess, just basics. Um, this is a fun fact that I actually just learned. I didn't know. But uh, in a lot of places, the undersheriff or the deputy chief is also the warden of the jail. All right, so I'm going to back up for just a second because I meant to put this in the notes up there and I forgot. But um, as far as what the structure of the sheriff's office actually is, obviously it's going to depend on... Um, how large of a department you have. If you've got a three deputy department, you probably don't need all of the ranks you can have in a sheriff's department. But if you are Los Angeles County, which is the largest county in America, um, with 18 plus thousand deputies, you're going to want some organizational structure. So at least I know where I am. There is, uh, you have your sheriff, and then you have your undersheriff, and then you have your captains, and then you have your uh, lieutenants, and then you have sergeants. So I'm sure there's more offices, especially as you get into large departments, but I've got, I'm going to first, or the, the department I'm trying to get into is, or excuse me, the department I am into, haha, is uh, 150, 160. So it's still on the smaller side, but organizationally wise, or organizationally wise, it actually is, they, they run themselves like a large department, very efficiently and proper. So that structure is still going to apply, even though in a lot of places you'd have, probably have some more ranks added in there. Anyway, okay, so that was what I was going to say. Um, under sheriff is working the jail, and I was going to give that description of all of the ranks, and then I forgot, but there you go. Um, there are a total of 3,081 sheriffs in the U.S. The largest is, like I just mentioned, Los Angeles County with 18,000 deputies, and then they also have like 400 on reserve or something like that. It's a lot. Um, the smallest is, if I can get this name right, Kalawahu. Kalawo, whatever, county in Hawaii. That's why I can't say it properly. Um, the sheriff is the only county government employee for the total 86 people populace. So that's why I said it's the smallest. There's plenty of single officer or yeah, single officer sheriff departments around. But seeing so that was the only county government for an entire population of 86 people, I figured that probably counts as the smallest department in the world or in the uh, country, goodness. Uh, the average sheriff per state, there there's average of 64 counties per state. So your average is going to be 64. And I, I did calculate in the fact that there are two states who do not have sheriffs, which I'll get to here in a few minutes. Um, but there's an average of 64 sheriffs per state. Um, the oldest county department is Northampton, Virginia, uh, with Sheriff Captain William Stone. Now, this is before the U.S. was founded. This is when it was still a colony um, and back in 1634. I mentioned that in a previous show. The first, and it, I can't really put a first uh, sheriff's department date because when U.S. Uh, was founded in 1776, there were two states, Pennsylvania and New Jersey, which had the office of sheriff in their constitution. So that means a lot of them were right there. But the first sheriff dates back to 1776. So there you go. The newest county department is Broomfield, Colorado in 2001. I did not know we had one that was that recent, but there we go. That's our newest county. And there have been lots of counties over the years that have gone away or been dismantled. All right, so there's a sheriff in 48 of 50 states. Alaska and Connecticut are the two exceptions. There are no sheriffs in there, as well as um, federally governed places like Federal District, um, American Somia, Guam, Northern Marina Islands, Puerto Rico, U.S. Virgin Islands. And then there's several other uninhabited islands, such as Midway Islands or Baker Islands, that are either uninhabited or strictly a military base that have no county government, therefore no sheriff. But 48 out of 50 states have sheriffs. Um, okay, so let's let's actually just start going through here by state. 
I was really surprised as I just started going through state by state and looking at what a sheriff is and what their roles are and all this. It was really cool in one aspect to see the liberty that the states have taken to um, uniquely craft their sheriff's department into what they want it to be. It was cool to see all the differences, see that not everything is cut from one mold. I enjoy seeing that, but some of them are a little weird, so it's kind of not cool in that sense, but we'll get to that here in a little while. Um, another point is that there are a lot of county police, and they're not the same as the sheriff's department. They're a police department just countywide. Um, so there's a lot. They're all over the U.S., and I didn't bring up most of them because I didn't want to bring them up, but just know that they're spread all over the U.S., um, and then there are also contracted sheriff's departments all around the country, and this has to do with what they can do with their own police. There are a couple states we'll get into that have laws like um, sheriff's department have authority in the county, except if there's a large city populace and they have their own police department, the sheriff does not have authority inside the police department, stuff like that. But then when you get into smaller cities, they will sometimes contract with the sheriff's department to be their own little police department, quote unquote. Um, so... There's kind of an interesting inner working. I don't have that where I am. The sheriff has full control over the, or full, full authority over the entire county, um, including the large city populaces. They don't usually do a lot. They leave a lot of stuff to the police, but they do have authority in those areas. Um, so it's just interesting to see that difference. I'm not used to that. But okay, without further ado, let's get into it. So first off, Alaska has no sheriff. Uh, state troopers do all of the works in, or all of the law enforcement in the 48, I believe there's 48 counties. Um, where the sheriff would act. And then the prison system is run by one statewide prison system that's broken down into several districts. So that's interesting. Um, Arizona has a typical law enforcement system, except they also have this weird thing where it's kind of interesting. Most of the sheriff's offices in Arizona have formed, formed semi-permanent posses that can be utilized in given scenarios. So they'll have like, if you know, a posse is... Um, Basically, the sheriff temporarily deputizes a group of people. Um, you, you see it all the time in Westerns. And then they have authority to, typically, it's go chase after a fugitive or stand up against a uh, bandit attack or something in all those old Western movies. They have different purposes today. But the purpose of it is um, basically a reserve deputy list, except they're not really on pay. They're just, if an emergency comes up, they basically become volunteer sheriff's departments that the sheriff has already vetted and quote-unquote deputized that he can call in if he needs for some specific purpose. So that's kind of cool. California. California's a weird one. Um, California separates police from sheriff statewide. The only place, um, as in, I, I, I mean separates as in they're one of the states that um, sheriff has authority in the entire state or in the entire county, except city populaces, he doesn't do anything. They also have, and this is weird, I need to look into this more because this was odd, but they have it written that law enforcement officers in California have jurisdiction over all of California, as in even outside your county you have authority and jurisdiction, which is really weird, and I don't understand the point of that, um, so I don't want to stay like for sure, but that's what I read in my research, and I didn't have time to look into it further. The one exception to the separation of police and sheriff is San Francisco. Um, because years ago, San Francisco County was merged with the city of San Francisco. The governments were combined into one. Thankfully, they still have a sheriff, but he pretty much deals strictly with courts-related things, and he will back up um, San Francisco police if needed, but typically he doesn't. All righty, Colorado. Colorado is another weird one, shocker. Um, the Denver sheriff is appointed by the mayor, so basically he's just a second police chief, which you know my feelings on that. Um, and Broomfield, which is 
you'll recognize that name. That was the most recent county and sheriff made in 2001. Uh, the Broomfield also sheriff also serves as the police chief, and I'm not sure entirely a point of that. I'm not sure why you'd have two departments at that point if he is both. But there you go. You can look into that yourself. Alrighty, Connecticut. Connecticut abolished the office of sheriff in 2000. The, the roles are now done by state marshal and judicial marshals. Lovely. Delaware. Delaware's sheriffs are related only to the courts. This is what I would remember when I said before that they're restricted, limited, or full service. This would be a restricted if they're only limited to the courts. Uh, police agencies handle everything else that the sheriffs would have done if they were full service. Um, and Delaware sheriffs have not had arrest power since 1897. And this has been a subject of controversy, obviously. Florida, good old Ron DeSanchez state. Here we go. Um, Florida's normal, except that Boward County, or I'm sorry, Broward County, if I can, I can't, I can't read today, I'm sorry. Uh, Broward County sheriffs oversees EMS and fire departments, as well as law enforcement, which is a little odd. You don't typically see that. They work in tandem a lot, but you don't usually see the sheriff having authority over those two other branches. Usually that's left to your, uh, your fire chief and your region's chief medical officer or medical director. Also, Miami-Dade County has an appointed sheriff. This is, this is weird. It's a sheriff that's appointed by a board of five people five county government officials and then the role of sheriff is actually split into two separate positions one directs the safety and police aspect of things sorry and the other runs corrections in jail a little odd to split them up like that but that's how they chose to do it so there are two sheriffs there they have different roles that sounds confusing but actually it's not the most confusing one just wait till we get to one of the other ones um, Duval County and Jacksonville City were combined. There is still a sheriff, though, thankfully. Uh, this is another example, kind of like what um, San Francisco did, where they merged the county and city government. They did the same thing with Jacksonville, um, but they still kept the sheriff. Points to them. All right, Georgia. Georgia has a handful of county police departments. I talked about those at the beginning. Sorry, I'm talking fast. Georgia has a handful of county police departments. I spoke about those at the beginning, um, but they're pretty widely spread throughout Georgia. And another interesting law that Georgia has is that the sheriff can pursue anywhere in the state if the crime was committed in his county. So, you know, anywhere, like let's say here, if in my county somebody commits crime, the police department, the sheriff's department pursues, and then obviously those units will be in contact with dispatch, will be in contact with the surrounding counties arranging for um, the adjoining counties to have deputies waiting to pick up the chase in their county. And there's a point at which, I forget what it's called, but basically they give this this radius the counties say like yes your your deputies or your law enforcement may have jurisdiction outside of your actual jurisdiction for like a given like 10 miles or something if the situation meets these criteria so if you were in a high-speed chase and the person passes over the county border and for some reason there's not a deputy for the next county waiting to pick the chase up then you don't just like stop and oh man oh well you have like 10 miles that you can keep going and pursuing until another deputy from that county arrives and takes over the chase or you join them depending on what your county laws are um but yeah that was so that was interesting that in georgia the sheriff can if crime's committed the sheriff can just track him down anywhere in the state and go pick him up that was a little little odd had a little kind of a little bit of wild west vibes there okay indiana was weird this is i had to read this this law a couple times because this made very little sense it is an Indiana law that the sheriff has to pay out of his salary for the prisoner's food. So to say that again, the county government pays the sheriff X dollars 
And then out of that amount of money, the sheriff has to feed the prisoners in the prison system. And then he gets to pocket the rest of that money. I don't know who thought this was a good idea to set this system up, but it's really dumb. And also, the, the this being the case, I read in a couple places that um, since he gets to keep the funds, this is one of the more lucrative government official positions. And there are always a lot of candidates running for sheriff if they're qualified or not, just because of the money appeal. You don't get that a lot of other places. The sheriff is paid well, but not typically that well. That's a little crazy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who came that or came up with that. I want to know the backstory on that because that's a little interesting. All right, Kentucky is pretty normal, except that the jailer and sheriff are different. So you have differences between jailer and corrections and sheriff's department. I'm not sure why that how that works, but that's that. Um, New Orleans parish. I'm not sure why they call them parishes, but apparently they do. Um, has two sheriffs. Criminal sheriff and civil sheriff. They split up the role of the court and the patrol officers, kind of like a where was that Jacksonville or was that Jacksonville? It was somewhere in it was Miami. Or one one's over police duty and the other overruns corrections. It's kind of the same deal where uh, one runs criminal sheriff and one runs uh, civil sheriff, or one runs policing and one runs courts. Uh, Maryland <clears throat> has different departments, both with full and restricted sheriffs. I think kind of depends on where you are in Maryland and what the city populace is, if there's lots of police departments around or not. Um, Nevada has two different merged police departments, meaning police and sheriff were merged into one department. I thought there were only one or two of those around the country, but there's actually a handful. Um, so that's interesting. Other than that, Nevada is normal. New Hampshire has 10 counties, but the sheriff's departments do not have authority they're not full service. They're just have to do with courts. But they're a little odd because from what I understand, how they set it up is there are 10 counties, but the sheriffs have range or have authority throughout the entire state. So it's more of like a board of directors. There's just like 10 sheriffs over Maryland. I'm sorry, over uh, New Hampshire. And then all of their deputies underneath them. But they don't have, they're not full service. They're restricted service. Um, but I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why you'd set it up like that. But that's what I found, so that you can have that. All right, New York. Good old NY. Uh, New York City covers five different counties, but it has one sheriff appointed by the mayor. Deals mostly with the courts, so there's plenty of typical logic-defying things there. First of all, yes, New York City covers five different counties because it's a huge city. Um, so five different counties, but there's only one sheriff, and the sheriff is appointed by the mayor. And mostly uses the courts. I believe NYPD can call on him for backup. I believe he is restricted service, not, uh, I'm sorry, I believe he's limited service, not restricted. So I believe he does still have arresting powers, but he's mainly over the courts, but he can still be called in for backup by NYPD. Oklahoma. Uh, sheriffs have power to construct. Okay, Oklahoma is a little weird, and this is another one that I want to do more research on. I just didn't have time. But I read somewhere that Oklahoma sheriffs have the power to conscript people, or conscript people to their service. I'm sure there are limitations on that because you can't just go start conscripting people to law enforcement. But that was a little odd. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure what this probably means is just if they need something, they have the authority to, um, within reason and along certain guidelines, um, tell people to do things for them. Again, that's just weird that they have that written in their bylaws. But um, and who knows if they even operate like that anymore? But I read that that's still there. I can't say for sure. I got that piece of information from Wikipedia, and everybody knows it. Wikipedia is 100% accurate on things like this, so take that with a grain of salt, but there you go. Uh, Pennsylvania 
sheriff has only arrest powers if the crime was committed in his sight. So this is weird, but I'm thankful they didn't totally get rid of his powers. Um, he is restricted service, but they decided, well, if a crime is committed in the sheriff or a deputy sheriff's sight, then they have the power to arrest them. And that's what they gave them, so good for them. Which I believe also means they do patrol duty, so I believe they are restricted service. Um, Rhode Island has a statewide sheriff department, which is responsible for court-related issues. So again, there's another state with um, restricted service. Good old Utah. Utah is home of the Unified Police Department of Greater or Unified Police Department of Greater Salt Lake area. This is one of the OG combined police and sheriff's departments, I believe. And I've never heard good things about it, so. I haven't done a whole lot of research on it, but I know some of the people that I know and trust in law enforcement have not had good impressions of it. It, did, it didn't work well. It's kind of a mess, which I would presume would happen when you try and mix the two governments together. Anyway, Virginia has 38 independent cities where the county sheriffs do not mix. This one's a little weird. They still have a sheriff over the entire state. It's not one of those states where they say that the um, sheriff has authority over the county, but not the city centers. That's the police department. They have sheriffs over the cities, but they have different sheriffs. So this is weird. They have a county, and then inside that, or that county has a sheriff, and then inside that county, if there's a large city, that large city has its own sheriff, and the two sheriff's departments do not mix. It's really weird. I don't understand why they would do this, but they did, apparently. So this literally means that some counties have two different sheriffs in the same county. The offices are sworn in at different times, which is a good plan in setting this up. They don't have both of them expire on the same day and have to get new deputy or new sheriffs. They have them offset, but then also kind of because of this system, deputies are re-sworn in after every single election, which is a little bit weird, but that's how it goes. So Virginia is a little weird in that respect, but it's Virginia, so what do you expect? And then last but not least is Washington. Washington State is a rare gem. They... Um, have not had, I'm trying to think of the county name, I can't find it. Oh, I didn't write it down, awesome. Um, they had a county where they removed, or they made the sheriff an appointed sheriff for 30 years. And then in 2007, they were like, oh, we don't want this. We want the sheriff under our control again. So then they voted and changed the law and made the sheriff elected again. So that was the only place in the country where the sheriff has gone from appointed to elected, which is cool. And that happened finally in 2008, but he was the, I can't think of his name, but he was the first elected sheriff in 30 years in all of Washington state. Alrighty. So this episode is a little bit of a longer episode, which I'm glad because I thought it actually might be a shorter one, but uh, that was definitely, it's, it sounded like I was just reading off a list because I totally was. Um, it was very bullet point oriented. But I hope I had some good information in it. I just kind of wanted to, or I wanted to lay out the differences in the sheriff's department all across the country, so you can get a taste for that and all of that good stuff. So, um, yeah. So I'm not sure when my next episode will be coming out because I'm starting sheriff's department next week, and then week after that is academy, and I do not know when I'm going to have time to put out a show during academy. I'm going to be busy. With that being said, I might try and change up the format of the show and kind of turn it into like a section show, or instead of just talking about a topic. Um, I spend, I don't know, X amount of time talking about something scriptural, X amount of time talking about something law, X amount of time talking about something else. I'm not sure, but that might be a little easier for me to organize and put an episode out. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But along with that also, this might be the end of, not really season one, I'm not really doing seasons, but that's kind of what it's called. Um, since I'm kind of changing the show and changing format from 
getting into the sheriff's department to being in the sheriff's department and being trained for it. I might move that from season one to season two and then kind of change up the format as we go. Um, but anyway, I'll think about that as we go and I will, I guess you'll find out next episode what's happening, but already thank you all very much and have a good week. Brothers and sisters, as true Christians, we have surrendered our lives and rights to Christ. As such, we are held to a high standard. We don't have the right to remain silent. We have been called to spread the gospel and claim ground for Christ in every area of life. Everything we say and do, we will be held accountable for in the throne room of God. So act wisely. We do not deserve representation before our Lord for all our shortcomings. But we have been assigned to the ultimate mediator between God and man. He has pled our case and won our freedom. Having heard these rights, it is now up to us if we choose to go forward and fulfill our calling as deputies of Christ.